Okay, great. So welcome to today's webinar. We're gonna go through a deep dive presentation through the contribution rule that applies to sole proprietors, to single member LLCs, and to C-corporations. This webinar is being recorded. Um, the idea is that you'll be able to ask questions and I'll be answering those questions here in the webinar. You can ask them just through your microphone or by chatting. So, but I would ask that we go through the webinar first because we do have a fair number of folks on the line and so um, we try to keep it a little orderly. So um, please let me know if there's technical difficulties and you're not able to see my screen or hear me. So there's a chat feature in the, uh, in the, in the hangout here. Please ask questions here. Or through your mic. Okay, so let's go through it. So, um, and by the way, we're gonna address the, obviously I hope everyone's safe in these uh, tough times with coronavirus. We are gonna address how the recent announcements regarding the deadline have, are impacting the, the 401k contribution deadlines. We're gonna to get to that part of the presentation. And we've got a number of posts on our website just around how the stimulus bill impacts 401k plans, the total 401k plans. And the idea is that we're gonna be doing a, uh, a webinar here next week. So please um, like this video and subscribe for more videos like this and for notification of next week's webinar. Um, this also is gonna be recorded and we're gonna be posting an unlisted link on YouTube so you can come back to it later if you gotta step away. So we did do one um, about a month ago on S the S-Corp contribution rules. The deadline is different for S-Corp so we broke it out um, chronologically for that reason. So, but let's dive into it. So the first way to understand this is that there are a number of factors that impact how much you can contribute. So we're gonna talk about how much you can contribute, we're gonna talk about how to contribute, when you need to contribute, so all the different mechanics of it, a real deep dive. So the different factors are, of course, your income, right? That's always the starting point. And it's really your self-employment income because you know, in simple terms, you cannot save more than you earn. So Another factor is going to be your age. There's special rules once you're 50 or older. Whether you participate in another plan, like a 401k plan that you might have through a day job. And then the type of contribution that you're making. That you're making. So with a, with a solo 401k plan, you are both the employee as well as the employer. So you're able to make both employee as well as employer contributions. And there's different limits that apply to each. And that's uh, we're going to go through that here shortly. So Again, the starting point is your self-employment income. So what that means depends on how your self-employed business is taxed. So if you are a single member LLC or a sole proprietor, that's effectively the same thing. So it's just a pass through when you're a single member LLC, you put it on your 1040. So the calculation is that you first start with your net, in net income which you would report on line 31 of Schedule C, and then you have to reduce that net income by one half of the self-employment tax. 
And we have a calculator on our website that can, you can use to help determine that. So you're not going to consider, of course, W-2 wages that you might earn from other sources, like a day job. Now, we're also going to touch on folks that are, who run their self-employed business as a C-corporation. Why? Because that, that deadline is also uh, traditionally April 15th. It's been extended this year. But when your business is taxed as a C-corporation, your starting point is going to be the W-2 wages that you get from that C-corporation. And, and just like on the last slide, you're not going to consider wages that you earn from a day job, right? Because it's always going to be limited to that self-employment income. So it has to be that earned self-employment income. It's not day job wages. It's not investment income that you might get from, say, a rental property that you own outside of the solo 401k. So starting with the first type here is going to be pre-tax employee contributions. So also referred to as salary deferral. So this is going to be 100% of your self-employment income, up to 19,000 for 2019, or an additional six if you're 50 or older. There's that age factor coming in. So again, self-employment income, W-2 wages if you're a C corporation. Self-employment income if you're a single member LLC or a sole proprietor is going to be net income on line 31 of Schedule C less one half of the self-employment tax. So once you go through that pre-calculation, as long as you have at least $19,000 in self-employment income and you're not contributing to another plan, if you look at um, that first sub-bullet there, you can contribute all of that money as an employee contribution. So that, that first point there is that the employee limit is aggregated across all plans that the employee participates in. So if you have a 401k through a day job, and then you also have, say, maybe some side side business that you have a solo 401k through, if you maximize your contributions to your day job plan, you're not going to be able to make any more salary deferrals to the solo 401k because the limit applies at the employee level across all plans that you participate in. So you've already used up that bucket. You can't make any more salary deferrals. Now, the one exception here is that if it's a 457 governmental plan, in which case those contributions are not aggregated. So for 2020, just as a preview, the limit is going to go up. It's going to go from 19,000 to 19,500 um, or 26,000 if you're 50 or older. Now let's talk about the employer contribution limits. So here we've got a difference in terms of the calculation for if it's a single member LLC or sole proprietorship versus a C corporation. So we're first going to start with single member LLCs and sole proprietors. So there you've done your pre-calculation to figure out what your self-employment income is. Once you've done that, you can make an employer contribution of up to 20% of your self-employment income. Now, please note that that's not impacted by contributions that might be made to a day job plan. If you're, if you got that day job and your employer's making a contribution into that plan, that's irrelevant. Even if you, even if you maxed out your salary deferral, you put in 19 to your day job, 
you can still make an employer contribution to the solo 401k because the employer contribution limit is at the employer level. So you're not related to the W-2 employer. So that doesn't impact that you can still make this 20% of your self-employment income contribution. Now, another thing to keep in mind is the overall limit. So for 2019, the overall limit is 56,000 or 62 if you're 50 or older. So if you are making those employee contributions to your solo 401k, and then you also want to make an employer contribution, the total amount cannot exceed 56 or 62 if you're 50 or older. Like we had a little technical difficulty here. So sorry for the technical difficulties. Can you can you see the presentation? Yes. Okay, it's back. Great. So we're going to pick up again with the um, here on the profit sharing contributions. The fact that it's uh, again, it's the twenty percent of the self-employment income. You don't worry about contributions made to your day job plan unless it's a four hundred three b plan, in which case you do have to consider those. So, and if you do have that four hundred three b, I mean that's. We don't see a ton of those, but you just email us. We can go through it in detail with you. So the you do have to consider, of course, the overall limit, which is 56 or 62 if you're 50 or older. So you've got to add up any other contributions you're making to the plan, like the salary deferrals, and the, the total cannot exceed that overall limit. So now let's compare this and look at this compared to C corporations. Now with C corporations, the starting point is different. It's the W-2 wages from your self-employed business that's taxed as a C corporation. And so what you do is you take box one of the W-2 plus any pre-tax elective deferrals, not in box one. So if you have, if you're making a $19,000 salary deferral to your solo 401k, you likely are taking it out of box one and you're putting it in box 12. So let's say that you're, um, you have $100,000 the W-2 wages. You put in $19,000 as a salary deferral. Your box one is probably going to be $81,000. And then you got $19,000 in box 12 as a pre-tax because you wanted to take it out of your income so you don't pay tax on that. It's a pre-tax contribution. So when you go to make your profit-sharing contribution, it's not going to be 25% of the 81. It's going to be 25% of box one and the 81 plus you've got to add back in the 19. So it's really 25% of a hundred to get you to the $25,000 employer profit sharing contribution. You still got to deal with the same overall limit, which is 56 or 62. It's not going to be impacted by contributions made to another plan through an unrelated employer, unless those contributions were made to a 403B. So Roth contributions, a Roth contribution is always going to be a salary deferral contribution. So that goes back to that salary deferral limit. 
the employee limit, which is the 19,000 or an additional six if you're 50 or older, assuming you've got that self-employment income to justify it. Because remember, you can never make contribute more than what you earn. So those Roth contributions, they need to be deposited in a separate sub account for each participant. So if you have the husband and wife situation, you make you determine how much you can contribute based on the husband situation. Does the husband have another job for a 1k plan? Is the husband 50 or older? What's the husband's self-employment income? And then the husband might be making pre-tax contributions, Roth contributions. Same thing with the wife. It's based on her self-employment income. It's based on her age. She might have her own pre-tax and Roth. So you got a total of four sub accounts in that scenario. Okay, voluntary after-tax contributions. So our plan does allow for voluntary after-tax contributions. And so the voluntary after-tax contribution limit is gonna be the lesser of the self-employment compensation or the overall limit, which for, right, 2000, right, for 2019 <laughs> is 56,000. Let's see here. We got, is everyone still able to hear me? Okay, yes. thanks for the feedback. Appreciate it. So, um, so the, those voluntary after-tax contributions, again, it's going to be self-employment, the lesser of self-employment compensation or the overall limit. So, and keep in mind, you ignore the catch-up contribution limit. So you ignore the 6,000. So even if you're 50 or older, it's still limited to the 56 for 2019. So let's go through a simple scenario. Let's say that you, your self-employment compensation, you're a sole proprietor, your self-employment compensation is equal to 60,000 once you do net income of uh, line 31 of Schedule C less one half of the self-employment tax. So in that case, the voluntary after-tax contribution limit is gonna be 56 because 56 is less than 60, right? Even though it's, let's say you're 50 or older. Then you need to reduce it by any employer or employee contributions. A lot of folks who are making voluntary after-tax contributions, they may be focused on just maximizing the money that's going into a Roth. So in that case, the individual might have made a $26,000 contribution to their Roth account, right? Because they're over 50. So in that case, um, let's say they didn't make any employer profit sharing contributions because profit sharing contributions are always pre-tax. So they've got 26 in their Roth sub account. Then um, they want to make a voluntary after-tax contribution. So they would... Uh, take 56 less 19, because remember you ignore the six, and that gives them 37,000. So that individual could make a $37,000 voluntary after-tax contribution. And so that voluntary after-tax contribution has to go into a separate sub-account. So they're gonna have their Roth sub-account and then a voluntary after-tax sub-account. And then usually what they do is they move it from the voluntary after-tax to the Roth. And that's a separate process and you want to let us know so we can guide you through it and make sure we capture the information that's needed for the required 1099R reporting. So, but, but in terms of the limit, that second bullet again is that it, the voluntary after-tax contribution limit is not impacted by any other contributions that are made to an unrelated employer plan, like a day job 401k plan. 
even if you're making 19,000 to your day job plan, you can still make the max as a voluntary after-tax contribution to the solo. Unless of course it's a 403B, you've got that 403B exception out there. So we got to note that. Okay, now here's where we got to change based on the you know, what's going on with COVID-19. So the deadline to make contributions is always going to be the business tax return deadline, including any timely filed extension. And that's clear based on IRS publication 560. There's a chart on page three, which makes it crystal clear. I've got a snippet there from, from publication 560. Now, what, so typically what that is, you know, if you're a sole prop or a single member LLC, you're putting your income on the 1040. So it's April 15th. If you're a C corporation, again, it's the business tax deadline. So the 1120s due April 15th. Now what changed in response to the crisis is that the deadline has been extended to July 15th. So practically what that means is that for all of those above individuals, they're gonna have up until July 15th to make their contributions. It's an automatic extension, no phone call is needed. So you, we have more time, you have more time to make these, debt, make these contributions for 2019. Now the extended deadline at this point is good, it's still October 15th. So how do I make the contributions? So uh, one option is you just write a check and write annual contribution. If you're making multiple multiple types, for example, Roth and pre-tax, it's going to be two checks because it's going to two different accounts. Electronic transfer is also acceptable. Um, each participant, of course, deposits his or her contributions into separate sub-accounts. Again, pre-tax, Roth, and after-tax have got to go into a separate sub-accounts. How do I report the contributions? So if you if you're putting your income on 10 on IRS form 1040 because you're a single member LLC or you're a sole proprietor, it's going to go on line 15 of schedule 1 of the 1040 if we're talking about a pre-tax employee contribution or if you're talking about a pre-tax employer contribution, that's the 20%. But if it's a Roth or a voluntary after-tax contribution, it's not reported. It's no need because it's uh, post-tax money. Now, if you're a C corporation, it's different. It goes on, if we're talking about, first of all, an employee contribution, then we've got to deal with the W-2. It's going, it would be not included on box one if it's a pre-tax contribution, and instead it would go on box 12. If it's a Roth contribution, it would also go on box 12, but of course it would be, that money is still gonna be included in box one because it's uh, not a pre-tax contribution, not reducing your taxable income. If it's a voluntary after-tax contribution, it's optional. You can report it on box 14. And then finally, if it's a employer contribution, pre-tax, that goes on line 23 of the form uh, 1120. So that takes us to the end of the presentation. I appreciate everyone's patience with the a little bit of the technical difficulties. It looks like we might have some questions in the chat. Maybe we'll start there um, and see if we have anything. Got a lot of
Okay, we got a question about the single member LLC taxes and S Corp. So that would be, um, we can send you a link to our um, presentation we did on S Corp rules. So I see who that is and I'll send you a link. In the meantime, please feel free to just unmute yourself and ask questions. So we've got a question here. Where on the tax return do you declare what your pre-tax employee, employer, solo 401k contribution is? Okay, we answered that at the end of the, of the presentation, so I think we hadn't gotten to that yet. Yeah, we're gonna be sending a link to this afterwards, a link to the, uh, to the presentation. You had said that the, um, the voluntary contributions after tax contributions are reduced by the uh, employee and uh, employer contributions. Isn't it twice the employer contributions? So yeah, let's go back to that, that part of the slide. Um, so, the way that it works is that once you've figured out what the lesser of the self-employment compensation or the overall limit is, then you have to reduce it by other contributions made to the solo 401k because you're dealing with the overall limit here. But you're, it's just going to be by a factor of one, though. So you're just reducing it by the employer or the employee contributions. It's not uh, you don't multiply the employer contributions times two or anything like that. Does that answer your question? Yes, thank you. Okay, no problem. Okay, let's let's see. I think we've got some more questions in the chat here. So that's, we got some uh, questions around the hardship withdrawal rules under the CARES Act. We're going to be doing a, a webinar. Uh, next week on that. We do have a lot of good information on our website in the meantime that goes over that in detail. Um, if you want to go ahead and uh, get some information sooner than next the next week when we do the webinar. Um, let's see here. Can we download the escort presentation from the website? No, but I'll send you a link. Just send me an email and I'll, and I'll send you a link. Hey, uh, George. Yes. Hey, uh, thanks. Thanks for doing this, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you. No problem. Hey, good. Hey, I got a question regarding after-tax contributions. I put it in the chat box, but um, I'm a sole proprietor. Um, I've had um, you know net self-employment income for 2019 and 2020 that allows me to you know to make the fifty-six thousand mm -hmm. dollar contribution, <clears throat> but uh, I haven't done any contributions as of yet. If okay. I, like, for example, did an after-tax contribution of $70,000, uh, how does the IRS know what tax year uh, that applies to, whether 2019 or 2020? Because, you know, when we do, when you give us the rollover, uh, it it doesn't designate what tax year. How does the IRS know what, how much money applies to the, to the tax year? You said that you made a... Um, a total contribution of $70,000, total voluntary after-tax contribution of 70, right? Right. I, I haven't done it yet, but I'm making an assumption I did. So let's just say tomorrow I did a 70,000 after-tax and, and flipped it over to a Roth. Uh, how does the IRS 
press know that uh, where with what part of that seventy thousand applies to two thousand nineteen and what applies to two thousand twenty? Yeah, so I got it. So um, let's say that you were able to do fifty six for two thousand nineteen, right? Based on your self employment income for two thousand nineteen, and you're not. And let's assume you didn't make any other contributions to the solo, like no employee, no employer, right? Correct. So um, you just, what I would do is do one contribution, write one check for that, and then just have it in the memo section, 2019 contribution, and then do another check for 2020. Now, of course, for 2020, you want to be careful that you're going to have the, that you, that you are going to be reporting the self-employment income to justify that contribution because you don't want to be, right. be in an excess uh, scenario where you're over contributing. But right. short of that, but when you guys produce, when you, when you guys produce the 1099 R, it doesn't indicate what year. No, it doesn't because the, you're exactly right. Because the rollover, because you, let's say you did it 56 now, and then you're confident you're going to have the self-employment income to justify the balance there. I guess that would be what 14. So, and then you roll over the full 70 right now. So if that's all you end up doing for 2020, the rollover is going to be issued on a 1099R for 2020 by next Feb. So that's going to be the total rollover. So you're right. There's no place to designate it. And it's not, I mean, it's not really needed. And obviously the regulators don't think that it is because there's no place to designate it. Right. So, okay. Gotcha. It was so just, you would just have it, that's why you want to have those records just in case there was ever any question, you know? Right. Okay. I gotcha. And uh, the second question was asked also by Jason Wu. It has to do with, uh, you know, he used a calculator last year and the Social Security was paid on his uh, W-2 job. So, for example, if you make, you know, it doesn't factor in the Social Security you paid. So, for example, if Jason and I made 200000 on W-2 income and we paid all of our Social Security for the year, you know, because we maxed it out, the self-employment tax should be less, right? No, because you don't, um, the fact that, because I think what you're asking is you're, you're essentially saying that you already paid. Um, you finish with the studies, right? Okay. Is there anything else? Well, I'm sorry, could we please, if you're not asking a question, could you please mute yourself? Thank you. Um, so essentially you don't reduce, when you're figuring out your self-employment compensation, you reduce it by one half of the self-employment tax that you would pay if you didn't have a W-2 job. Okay. Okay. Th thanks, George. That's all I've got. Thank you. Okay. No problem. Looks like we got a fair, get some good questions here in the chat. Um, so I'm going to try to do these in order. Let's see here. Yeah. Again, all for all the people that want the S corp presentation, please just send me an email to George G E R G E at my solo 401k.net. Thank you. Okay. And thanks for your patience on those that have chat, chatted some questions. I'm going to take these in order. I think we went over that one about the, the one we just went over. I'm seeing that now. Okay. Let's go to the next one here. Should we call you to set up the sub account with Schwab for the mega backdoor Roth? Yes, you can call or eat, just simply email us and we will 
um, get you set up with the with the paperwork to open up additional sub accounts. Okay, we've got some COVID questions. Again, we're gonna we've got information on the website, and we're gonna do a webinar next week. So please, you know, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and you get notifications. So we've got a question about: uh, Do we have to report the EIN number anywhere for the four hundred one for the solo four hundred one k? Well, not for purposes of making these contributions. So within the scope of this presentation, no. Let's see, going through it still. So for LLC partnership, so um, if it's a partnership, you know, it's driven by the partnership tax return deadline. So if it's like it's truly a partnership, you're filing a 1065, then you need to make those contributions by the partnership tax return deadline, um, including any timely filed extension. So if you've already if you filed a timely extension, you have more time to make that contribution. It says outside of new pre-tax contributions, are there any annual IRS reporting requirements for a solo 401k? Is that something you handle or do I? So that's a broad question. It's a good question. So it's gonna come down to um, what's going on with the plan. So um, for example, if you've got over, if you've got a, a balance over 250,000, yes, there's an annual filing requirement. Um, so you know, if you're doing this uh, voluntary after-tax to Roth account, there's going to be a reporting requirement with respect to that, like we were going through with the 1099R. So I mean, depends on what's going on with the account, but yes, if there's any type of reporting or filing requirement, we handle that with respect to the solo 401k. How does the Roth contribution affect the overall limit of the voluntary after-tax contribution? Well, it goes back to the slide. So the way that it works is that you, you take the lesser of your self-employment compensation or the overall limit and reduce it by any employee or employer contributions. So a Roth contributions and employee contributions, so you reduce it by that. So if you put in 19, let's say you're, let's say you've got the self-employment again to justify a $56,000 voluntary after-tax contribution and you put in 19 as a Roth contribution, you're only gonna be able to put in 37 now because it's 56 minus 19 as a voluntary after-tax contribution. Okay, next question. The contribution limit is 19,000 of self-employment income minus contributions to other employer plans. Does this include Roth TSP? Yes, it does. So you gotta reduce it by those contributions. If you If you generally file an extension for a personal tax return, is the contribution deadline to a solo 401k still July 15th or is it when you finally file your taxes based on your extension? So if you've already filed an extension, let's say, you know, let's say it's a sole prop, it's going to be on 1040 and prior to the announcement of the extension to July 15th, if you already filed an extension, then your deadline is October 15th, just like it normally would be if you filed an extension. 
Do SEP IRA contributions affect any of the limits? So yes, I mean, a SEP IRA contribution is, um, is going to be a, a like a, a profit sharing contribution. So you can't double dip. You can put it, you got to aggregate. So that goes to your 25% of the W-2 or the 20% of the self-employment income limit, just to be clear. Can you explain the difference between the voluntary after-tax contributions and Roth contributions? Well, they're just different types of contributions. So they have different limits. So your Roth contribution is a salary deferral. So it's the 19,000 or an additional six if you're 50 or older. Assuming you've got that self-employment income to justify it. Um, and that's gonna go into a Roth sub-account. Whereas the voluntary after-tax contribution has a different limit. It goes into a different sub-account. So the rules are also different. For example, if you have gains inside your voluntary after-tax account, those gains are taxable. So because our plan allows for voluntary after-tax contributions, you can have that additional sub-account and make those contributions, of course, subject to the limit. And then you could either transfer that voluntary after-tax money to a Roth solo 401k sub-account, or you could transfer it over to a Roth IRA. Whereas with a Roth contribution, you generally can't transfer that money out until you're at least 59 and a half. Okay, does the does the after-tax voluntary limit apply at the employee level or the employer level? So good question. So that goes back to the slide as well, but if you want to re review it, let's see here. Meaning if we have a day job that offers this and we can also do it through our own solo 401k, can we hypothetically do it twice in a year? assuming sufficient income from each employer. For example, as your, um, you, we talked about the employee limit here, I think. So bottom line is the, um, let's go back to the slide. So second sub bullet there, not impacted by any contributions made to another retirement plan through an unrelated employer day job plan, unless the other plan is a 403B. So that's the answer. So yeah, theoretically you could double it. Um, oh, if over 50, you can put max of 56 into after-tax, but the 6K needs to go into a pre-tax or a Roth 401k. So it can't put all 62 into after-tax. Yes, you understand it. Good job. So yes, you could put six into the Roth and then you could put 56 if you didn't make any other contributions and you have the self-employment income to justify it into the after-tax and then you can move it from the after-tax to the Roth so net net, you got 62 in your Roth sub account. This person asked, I was on W-2 till September 2019. I left the W-2 job and got moved to the solo 401k till now. I am getting a W-2 job. Will I be able to contribute to my new 401k? So the fact that you have a W-2 job just in, its, in, a, in and of itself, does not impact your ability to have a solo 401k as long as you've got that self-employment activity. How, how it might impact it is if you're making contributions to a W-2 employer-sponsored plan. Just having a W-2 job doesn't impact it. Can you comment on IRS reporting requirements for after-tax to Roth conversion in the context of mega backdoor Roth? Yes, you need to do it. And we handle it as part of our services. So when you move it from the after-tax to the Roth, that is a reportable event. It's not a taxable event because we're talking about post-tax money, 
but you need to let us know so that we can capture the information to handle the reporting. Let's see here. Can the sub accounts be open to Fidelity or should I move to Schwab? Oh, definitely. You could have them at Fidelity, Schwab. We got folks at TD Ameritrade, multiple different brokerages. You can have bank accounts as well. Okay, so didn't quite understand this question about the TurboTax. Sorry, it's a long question here. Um, we may need more information on that one. But yes, I mean, if it's going from the, I mean, this might help you, but if it's going from the voluntary after-tax sub-account of your solo 401k to the Roth sub-account, then yes, it looks like the answer is yes, based on the, the question you're asking there. Oh, we've got more follow-up questions on whether or not you reduce it by, on the whole, um, whether you're paying uh, self-employment tax to a day job. And the whole question of how you calculate self-employment income when you're a sole proprietor and you also have a day job. So, I mean, that is, um, there's no guidance or basis out there that's been published by the IRS that would support that approach. So bottom line is, is if you take that approach, you could end up in an excess contribution scenario. So for that reason, uh, that's the reason that we, that we take the approach that I've already described, that you don't, don't that you determine the, the self-employment income without regards to whether you have um, a W-2 job that you're paying self-employment tax on effectively or social security tax on FICA on. Exactly. Better safe than sorry. So, okay. Do you handle all contribution reporting documents or does your tax person take care of that? So reporting the contribution goes in your taxes. So that's something that you would work with your tax advisor on. Is the after-tax contribution account a 401k account? Yes, it's a 401k sub-account of your solo 401k. So we came to the end of the chat questions. Please feel free to ask more questions either by just announcing them or asking them in the chat. Thanks everybody for joining, taking the time. Hopefully this was helpful and we'll be sending out a link to the recording after the call. Um, again, we're gonna be doing another uh, webinar here uh, next week of, with regards to the COVID legislation and impacts to the solo 401k. Um, please like this video and subscribe for more videos like this. Yes, thank you and stay safe everyone, take care.